Well, hallelujah, and thank you so much for tuning in to this Thanksgiving Remnant Church service. My name is Pastor Todd Coconut. I want to welcome you. Uh, This is not the typical format that we do our Sunday services, but I am going to be taking holiday with my family. We are in much need of a vacation. It's been a while, and we're going to take some family time, and I actually had a couple of things that I could have done while I'm on this vacation. Uh, There was a a TV show that wanted to record and different things, and I just said, you know, we really need a time to turn off our devices as much as possible, suspend time together and to rest because how many know resting is important so thank you for uh, I told you we would always have a Sunday service and we are having one today uh, but it's a little bit different because I've been on the road I just got back from Tampa Um, I'm going to be going to several different places in the next few weeks including Arizona and Dallas and uh, Kentucky and uh, so I'm excited about what God is doing. Then we're going to head back down to South Carolina, back to the Revival Barn and Pastor Schaefer's church down there. So, so many things are happening. God is just on the move. And uh, so we're going to talk about being thankful in the middle of the trial. And we are definitely in the middle of a period of testing. God is refining. He's separating the wheat from the chaff. We've been saying all these things. It's a very interesting time to be alive Praising the Lord in the middle of the situation, not when it's done, and learning uh, how we can navigate through these times and not only uh, navigate through them and survive, but also thrive. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for this time where we get to get into your word on this Thanksgiving as a remnant community, and we get to uh, just spend time in your presence and be edified. You say faith comes from hearing, hearing from the word of God. So today I pray that we would be uh, in your word and we would understand exactly what it is that you have for us today as a body of Christ. We give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. If you got your Bibles, go ahead and turn to 1 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16. And the Bible says this, Rejoice always, pray continually, Give thanks in all circumstances, for God is with you and for you in Jesus Christ. Uh, That is such a powerful verse because what the Bible is instructing us to do is in the middle of our trial, as we've been talking about, to find that place of peace and that place of rest and to find our strength, not from our flesh, not from ourselves, but from Jesus, from the spirit that lives within us. In the middle of the situation, rejoice always, not rejoice sometimes, Not rejoice when you have the victory, but rejoice always. Paul was so good at this. You know, he would be thrown in a jail cell, yet he would still praise the Lord. When I was down at the River Church this last week, we were talking about this with the students, and I said, you know, the thing about the Apostle Paul, if you got to think about this, he was thrown out of regions. He was thrown in jail. But guess what happened with the Apostle Paul? He had an encounter. He had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. He had an encounter with the living God. And that's why I say that every Christian should be fighting, you know, make sure that you have an encounter, that you're not just being held up by religiosity. You're not just, you're not a Pharisee that's, that's only about the law. Now, you know, of course, uh, upholding the law and, you know, upholding the scripture and walking in a consecrated manner, all those things are very important. Don't get me wrong. But if, if, if it's all about law and it's not about relationship, then you've missed the boat. You've missed the mark. And what was so unique about the Apostle Paul, and he wrote these letters, including to the Church of Thessalonica, what was so unique about him was is that no matter what happened in the man's life, 
And you got to think about this guy, the Apostle Paul, because this was a man that hated Christians. He literally was the guy that was doing the persecuting. He was the worst of the worst, okay? And, and what did God do? He changed him on that road to Damascus. He changed that man. And, and that man had an encounter with the living God. You know, I often mention my stabbing situation where I got stabbed nine times, if those of you that know my testimony. That was my Damascus road. That was my moment of encounter where I went into the presence of the Most High and I literally encountered him. And God moved in my life and in my situation. And I'll never be the same because I touched the hem of his garment, if that makes sense. Paul would never be the same after his encounter on the Damascus road. And I highly encourage you to, to read that story because that's a very important premise of, of Paul, who's one of the strongest people in the word of God. And yet his background was messed up, just like many of us. My background was messed up. You know, I had been in the world. I mean, you know, I was the least likely to be a pastor. People would have never thought that Todd Coconato would, would end up being a pastor and an evangelist and a preacher. Never. They wouldn't have. I mean, if you would have asked my high school friends, that would have probably been the very last. I would have been a rocket scientist before I would have been a pastor or preacher. They would have never guessed that one. And yet God had different plans, just like he had with Paul and just like he has with you. You say, well, I'm not called to be a preacher. Well, yeah, you are. I mean, maybe not in the same exact calling as someone like me, but, you know, it's going to be different. But you know what? Everybody's going to be different. My calling's not the same as some people in my life, you know, that I look up to or people that are pastors in my life or mentors or elders. I can't compare myself to them. I mean, look at, I was just down with Pastor Rodney Howard Brown. I mean, I love Pastor Rodney and I've known him for a while. And you know what? I, he's been instrumental in my life in, in certain situations and things like that. But I'm not going to emulate him as far as like, I need to be him. I respect him. I honor him. I learn from him. But I, I have a different calling too, even though there are similarities. And there are many similarities, especially with people that are like-minded like him. There, there are many things that I can emulate that I can't. I mean, Pastor Jack Hayford, another very instrumental person in my life. My parents, my mom. You know, all people that are instrumental in my life, and I'm just giving examples here, but that doesn't mean I mimic them. I'm, I'm a disciple of some of these people. I've, I've learned from my, my mentors and my elders and people like that, but that doesn't mean that I'm going to completely just copycat them because there's certain things that God has for me that he didn't have for them. Different things, different things. doesn't mean better, worse. It's just different. And that's the same with you. He's got a different thing that, you know, but there's similarities and there's certain things and, and the main thing is that we stick to the mission. The mission is souls. The mission is getting people saved and set free and healed and delivered. The mission is, is that we stand before the Lord one day and he says, well done, good and faithful servant. The mission is that we're about the great commission. The mission is that we occupy until he comes. That's why we repeat these things over and over and over again, because it's so important that we understand. But what the Lord is saying here in First Thessalonians is, listen, rejoice always because you are called, you're favored. You're blessed. God's favor and hand and anointing is on your life. We talked about the anointing last week. But the thing he says right after that is pray continually. You know, some of us have a hard time getting away and praying. You know, I tell you, you can pray in your car. Sometimes I pray in my car. Sometimes I pray in my room. Sometimes I pray, I mean, wherever. You know, I might just pray under my breath, you know, in the middle of a, of a situation where there's people in the room. They might not even know I'm praying. But I do pray continuously because I find that the Lord is very quick sometimes to respond to some of the prayers and other times he's not. But the thing is, is that the, he instructs us, pray without ceasing, pray continually. 
And then he says, give thanks in all circumstances. And I believe that God is telling us this because this is very critical for us to understand because God responds to this. He responds to the fact that he's, he's, he's giving us instruction here through the Apostle Paul to the church of Thessalonica, and he's saying, listen, here's what I would recommend. No matter what your situation, rejoice. And no matter what your situation, be praying and, and interceding and you know having dialogue with me and, and the Holy Spirit, okay? Give thanks in the middle of that situation, for this is God's will for you in Jesus Christ. And the reason for that is because you are walking victorious. You know, I said this the other day at the river, and it really, uh, I think some people, it, it registered, but I said, not only are we going to win the battle, but we've already won the battle because Christ fought the battle and won. He's outside of time, outside of time. So he he's looking at it from a perspective like, hey, I've already won. You're my child. I've called you by name. I've made you fearfully and wonderfully. And by the way, you've won. So when you look at it from that perspective, just like the people in 2 Chronicles 20 when they were going into the battle, but you understand that you are victorious. That's literally who you are. Think about it. If they put like a little name tag on you and that name tag says victorious, that's who you are. And so the devil knows this, but he uses his tricks and his schemes and his plots and his torment and his accusations and all that stuff to make you think that you're not what you already are. Oh, somebody just heard that right now. I'm going to say it again. He does certain things to make you feel like you are not what you already are. Because if you realize that you are victorious, not, not later, you know, not future tense, but right now, you are victorious in Jesus Christ. And, and all of a sudden you understand you are outside of time. I, I referred to the movie, The Matrix. I don't know if you've seen it or not, but, you know, Keanu Reeves was in that movie. And it's like once he understood that he had the power he was able to defeat those agents and that's just like us like god has said i have given you authority to trample on the scorpions and demons if the whole church right now let's say here in america i know some of you are in other countries but wherever you are around the world and you're listening right now no matter where you are if you understand the concept that it's not that one day you'll be victorious although one day you will it actually means that you are victorious right now that's who you are because God is outside of time. He's the author and the finisher of your story. He goes before you. He knows how this whole thing ends. And so right now in the middle, it's like a movie. You know, when you're watching the movie and you're like at the climax of the movie, but you know, the movie hasn't ended yet, but then you watch the ending of the movie and you're like, oh, okay, it all turned out okay. Well, it, but when you're in a certain situation in that movie where maybe you're like, you know, 45% or 50% through the movie, you know, sometimes it looks really bad, doesn't it? Sometimes it looks like, well, you know, what's going to happen here? This is this is getting bad. This is, you know, things are compounding, right? And uh, it seems like the walls are closing in, but then all of a sudden there's some type of breakthrough, some type of situation in most films. And, and, and for the most part, you know, they come out okay, right? Because that's like a typical good movie, right? But the truth is that's actually how it is in, in our reality, in, in the reality of the word of God as a, as a Christian, a follower of Jesus Christ, because the truth of the matter is, even though the situation may look really bad right now, the end has already been determined and the end is a victory. That's why we can say the word of the Lord is complete victory, because that's actually what's happening is that you are walking this out. And so this is what this is. This first Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, you should really put this up in your house somewhere. Put it up on your desk, put it up in your house, because the truth of the matter is, if you, if you understand and embrace this concept of rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, 
for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus because he's basically just saying, this is who you are. This is who I've made you to be. When he says I've made you fearfully and wonderfully for times of this, when he says that, you know, he owns a cattle on a thousand hills and you don't need to worry about your, you know, your expenses. You don't need to worry that he takes care of the birds, the air and the fish of the sea and how much more we take care of you and me. When he says these things, he's saying it from a position of strength and not just that. He's saying it as a position of the creator of heaven and earth. He's saying it as the author and the finisher, the alpha and the omega. You know, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. The word became flesh. Jesus is the word. Jesus is the truth. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And oh, by the way, he's the one that said that. And if he said it, which is the very being, the, the omnipresent, omnipotent, you know, holy God of heaven and earth who sits on the throne of glory has told you that you are victorious, that you're going to win this, then you better take his word for it, even in the middle of your situation. That's why this First Thessalonians 5.16 verse is so important as a Christian, because if we understand the concept, it's a game changer. It's a game changer. Now, turn with me to Psalm uh, 103, 1 through 4. Psalm 103, 1 through 4. And the Bible says this. Psalm 103, 1 through 4. And the Bible says this. Praise the Lord, my soul. All my innermost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul. And forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. There's a lot to unpack there. But what again is he saying? You know, in, in the first Thessalonians verse, he was saying rejoice always. In this one, he's saying praise the Lord. Praise the Lord because you know what? And he's saying from your innermost being, because that's everything that you are, you are meant to praise the name of Jesus. All creation is meant to praise the name of Jesus. You know, the Bible says even the trees praise God. All creation, okay? And, and if you look at some of the science and some of the things that they're finding out, it only just further explains how all creation sings the glory of the Lord because it's, you know, you see these amazing things with the little atoms and, you know, the nucleus and the, and the cells and all that stuff. And it's like, wow, I mean, there's like frequencies and, and sounds and all these different things that you find in, in nature and creation. And, and it's just so unbelievable how this is so intricate. I mean, look at the human body and, and all the intricacy of the heart and the blood and the vessels. And, and this is what this is the God. I mean, he created this all. And he's saying, you know, look, praise the Lord, my soul. And forget not the benefits. What are the benefits? The benefits are complete victory. The benefits are who you are. Understanding that God made you exactly the way he wanted to make you so that you can then turn around in free will and come to know him as your personal Lord and Savior and then later rule and reign in eternity with him. So it says, who forgives all your sins, heals your diseases. You say, well, why didn't he heal my aunt that passed away? Well, maybe he did. You know, it doesn't always have to be in this world. <laughs> You know, sometimes his ways are not our ways. Sometimes he'll take, I, I'm one of my old pastors, Pastor Scott Bauer, Church on the Way. The Lord took him home early. You know, he's my my friend's dad, uh, Brian Bauer and Kyle Bauer, you know, and, and the Lord took him home early. And we may never understand that until we get to heaven. But when we get to heaven someday, we're going to rejoice with him. And you know what? God needed him in heaven, I guess. Or God, you know, it was just the time. We don't understand the ways of the Lord, but we think that that's like, a, you know, even though in, in the in the natural you know, I'm sure his sons miss him, his, his wife misses him, you know, and, and so there's pain that we walk through. And that's why the Bible says, even though weeping endures for the night, joy will come in the morning. 
and there's a time for mourning. So yes, I mean, we can mourn and we can miss and we can, you know, be sad about those things. But at the same time, we know that the Lord sees the bigger picture and we're going to understand it better by and by. Remember that song? That's the truth. And so sometimes he heals the disease here on earth. Sometimes he heals us by taking us home to glory. But it doesn't matter which way he does it because whatever the case may be, it's the best situation because God knows the full picture. He's outside of time and he's working and moving on our behalf. So really, you know, we don't understand why certain things happen and we may never will because our mind is not necessarily able to understand the ways of the Lord, at least in this world. And so I really believe that one day when we're all in heaven, we're going to understand. So if you've lost a loved one, a brother, a sibling, a, a child, and you're trying to get that and understand it. Well, I really feel like the Lord wants to give you this victory today because it's all part of his plan. Now, if you know, the Lord is not the one that does the bad stuff. The Lord does the good stuff. OK, he's a good God, a good father, but he allows certain things for his glory and for his purposes. And so if something tragic happened in your life where you did lose a family member, a daughter, a son, God will redeem that as you praise him in the middle. So that's why it says rejoice, always pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, even the most painful ones. Now, I'm writing uh, a little book right now about uh, my testimony, and I don't know when it's going to get done. I've been writing on it for a while, and there's just so much as the Lord keeps revealing new things, and I think it's really part of my healing myself just to kind of remember things that it's like, wow, I didn't even remember that happened. You know, so sometimes it's good just to write this stuff down just to see what, you know, what happened in your life and all that God's done. Because I have to say, I look back, I'm like, man, God's done more than I even realized. And I realized a lot. But, you know, the whole thing is give thanks in all circumstances. Doesn't mean we're perfect. Doesn't mean we're not going to have times where we're sad. You know, we're lonely. We're, you know, all these different feelings in our flesh. But God wants us to understand that we can, we can overcome those things by the power of his Holy Spirit and being in his presence that he really is enough and he really is all that we need. And, uh, you know, to live is Christ, to die is gain, right? So if we've lost someone and we thought it was a premature loss or we're trying to understand it, we've maybe even been angry with God over it. We talked a little bit about this, I think, two Sundays ago. Uh, we were talking about Job. But the truth of the matter is, though, is that at the end of the day, you know what? It's all going to work out for his glory. So praise him anyway and walk through the season. You know, there, there can be a time for mourning. That's okay. But at the same time, move forward because God is a forward-moving God. And I always tell people, you know, your first name should be pressed and your last name should be ahead because the truth of the matter is you are an overcomer and you are able and made and equipped to overcome every challenge in your life, no matter how significant it is, a job loss, financial concerns, people coming against you, accusing you, you know, a sudden divorce, different things that just out of nowhere, they, you know, they seem to be crazy. But God says, you know what, despite all that, I'm with you even until the end of the age. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'm not going to give you more than you can handle. And by the way, you're going to rule and reign with me for eternity. And it's going to be the best possible situation, more than you could ever imagine. More than you can ever imagine. That's why the battle on this planet is really for souls. It's really for souls. And, and the Lord wants to, you know, we need to stand before him one day and, and have him say, one, you know, well done, good and faithful servant. Well done, good and faithful servant. You know, people say, well, what about this one? What about that one? I say, well, they'll, they'll have to stand before the Lord someday. You know, well, he's doing this. She's doing that. Yeah, but they're going to have to stand before the Lord someday. So, you know, instead of us like worrying all about what they're up to and oh my goodness, oh wow, oh no. You know what? They're going to stand before the Lord on Judgment Day, just like we are. And we can't be responsible for what they did. We can't be responsible. But the best thing that you can do is be responsible for what you're going to do and do the right thing and do the righteous thing according to the Lord, according to the word of God. 
And I'm not saying that to be mean. I'm saying that because that's going to set us up for ultimate success. We, we can't worry about what this one or that one or this one said or that one said or this one's doing or that one's doing and all these different things and the approval of man syndrome, which a lot of people are still dealing with, the approval of man and so worried about this one and that one. I'm not saying, you know, we're not kind and, you know, we don't pray about what we're going to do and, you know, we make sure that we're wise in the way we operate and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, though, it can't be about what he said, he said or she said or she wants or he wants or how somebody's trying to control you or they're telling you to do something opposite of what the Lord's saying. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you and for me in Jesus Christ. Another scripture is Colossians 2, 6 through 7. Colossians 2, 6 through 7. And the word of the Lord says this. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus, the Lord... So walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in faith as you have been taught, abounding in with thanksgiving. With thanksgiving, yes, yes. Rooted, built up in him. What does that mean, rooted? You're planted, like the tree that's planted by the water. I tell people you should be part of some type of congregation, you know, whether it's this remnant church. Well, look, we're having a Zoom call on Tuesday. Try to join. You know, there should be more than 100 people on there. We have thousands of people on this channel, you know, but usually we get around 100 people, but we have a Zoom call every month and, you know, become part of the community if you're not rooted in the church because we want to have accountability and mentorship and, and other like-minded people that we're in fellowship with and we have relationships with. And you say, well, I don't have that many Christian friends. Well, find out who's in your area. Meet up with them, maybe. Go grab a coffee. I don't know. Get on the phone. Just something, something. Have relationships in Christ like-minded people, not people that are going to come against you, judge you, condemn you. People are going to love you, stand with you, okay? You, you know, go where you're appreciated, not where you're uh, tolerated, you know? I always tell people, why are you staying in an abusive situation? Like, go where you're, you know, appreciated, not tolerated. Now, of course, if you're in a marriage and you're being abused, well, I tell people, you know, you should never be abused. You, I don't think God wants us to stay in a place of abuse. Abuse is bad. Abuse is wrong, but you got to define abuse. Some people say abuse is like something that's really not abuse, so you got to be careful, but, you know, we fight for marriage. We stand for marriage. Uh, we, 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 we apply the biblical rules and, and what the law says is according to the word of God. When it comes to marriage, it's very sacred. Uh, but at the same time, you are allowed to separate from abuse, especially physical abuse. And I've said that often. Okay, physical abuse, you should not have to endure physical abuse as a believer in Christ. You know, we have to um, have an appreciation. You know, we have to respect ourselves. I'm not talking about being prideful. But there is an element of respect in Jesus Christ because if you respect yourself, that's going to permeate from you and others will respect you. If you don't respect yourself, people will probably see that and they're, they're like, you know, the, the, the ravenous dogs. You know, they just, you know, it's like the, the, the sharks in the water, they smell the blood, you know. So if you're there and you have a low self-esteem or you don't feel good about yourself and then you're putting yourself in a relationship or friendship or something like that or work, even in a work situation and you just have, you know, a really bad self-image, they're going to be like the sharks in the water. They're just going to make it worse. They're going to come after you and attack you. But if you're strong and you know your identity in Jesus Christ, and somebody needs to hear this right now because, you know, how do you get to that place? Well, that's when you spend time in the secret place and you, you recharge and you strengthen your faith. And you, and you allow the Lord to mold you and to shape you. He says he's the potter, we're the clay. We allowed him to do that. And that, that means we're accountable. That means we're, we're, we're able to be uh, teachable. You know, a lot of people are not teachable or they think they know everything. No, you don't know everything. I don't know everything. Okay, we can never be like we just know it all. We got it all figured out. If you think you got it all figured out, you're in a very bad place. Okay, you don't have it all figured out. And that's why we need the word of God. Faith comes from hearing, hearing from the word of God. That's why not just a Sunday service though. 
Okay, not just a Sunday service. It's a lifestyle, a lifestyle of worship, a lifestyle of praise. And so therefore you receive Christ, Jesus Christ. So walk in him, rooted and built up in him. Second, uh, I'm sorry, Colossians 2, 6 through 7, I'm reading. And established in faith. What is established in faith? That means you're going deeper. That means you're, you're studying yourself to be approved. That means you're in the word of God. Faith comes from hearing, hearing from the word of God. It's not just Sundays that you hear the word every day. You know, spend some time before you go to bed. Instead of watching the nightly news, maybe get in the Word for 20 minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, pray with your family. It will be a game changer. There's been seasons where we stopped doing that as a family, and I'll tell you, it's it's not good. We've got to do it always. We've got to go deeper. We've got to be in the Word of God. We've got to fight for our fire because there's going to be ups and down seasons, and sometimes you're not going to be as on fire as you probably want to be. So what do you do? You get in the secret place. You start praying. You start going deeper, fasting, whatever it takes We've got to be strong, church. God is raising up a strong end time army and he's saying, praise the Lord, my soul, all my innermost being, praise his holy name. Hallelujah. In Isaiah, Isaiah 12, Isaiah chapter 12, four through five, it says this, and on that day, you will say, give thanks to the Lord, call on his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Make them remember that his name is exalted. Praise the Lord in song, for he has done glorious things. Let this be known throughout the earth. Yes, 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 yes. Give thanks to the Lord. Call on his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Make them remember that he is exalted. Can you imagine if we just did that as a church right now, in 2021, going into 2022, if we just did those things in love, praise the Lord in song, you know, praise him for the glorious things he's done. Let this be known throughout the earth. That's the Great Commission. Let people know, to know him and to make him known throughout the earth. He's moving. He hasn't stopped moving. God wants to move today in our life. Many of us are going to sit with family on Thanksgiving, family that we don't agree with, family that are liberals or, you know, people that hate Christians or that attack us or smear us or make fun of us because we stir up the, de- the demons in them as we come in the room. You don't even say anything half the time. You just go there and they stir up trouble and it's like, oh my goodness, here we go. I almost don't want to go, but God is saying go. You go and then it's like you deal with it. But here's the thing. Be a, 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 an absolute representation of Christ. Show them the love of Jesus. Kill them with kindness. Eat humble pie if you have to. But show them the love of Jesus Christ, that you're an overcomer, that doesn't really matter what they say. They hit you low, you go high. I know, I know, I know. Some Democrats have used that. <laughs> but you know what? That one, it's actually good advice on that one if they really applied it. They, they go the opposite. And I know this is not a political message, but I'm just being honest because uh, most of the Democrat Party is that way. But there are some people that maybe are seeking or maybe they're even believers and they're just a little bit deceived and they're able to align with things like abortion and all that stuff. I don't know how any Christian could ever align with demonic things like that because it's just a battle of light versus darkness and it's so clear. But some people are on their journey. Maybe they haven't had the revelation yet, but they actually are saved. It could be. And they're just, in, you know, they're, they're sincerely wrong. I call it sincerely wrong. But you may have somebody like that sitting at the dinner table. But instead... The Lord is going to put it on your heart, a way, a way to show the love of Christ, the agape, to show the love of Jesus Christ and to kill him with kindness and to kill him with truth and not to try to attack them or, you know, it's very hard, friends. Like I just put up a post the other day because I was like, somebody was attacking my friend, my dear friend. 
and they were attacking my friend. I just wanted to get crazy on them. I'm gonna be real. I want to get crazy. I, I'm, you know, I'm old school. I'm Italian. You know, my family's from New York. Like, you know, I'm ready to get crazy. You know, that's just how we did it back in the day. And then I got saved, and I can't be operating that way anymore. You know, I can't go up and try to beat somebody up or whatever. I had to repent. You know, if I even think that way. Because that's not the way of Christ. Now, of course, am I weak? No. Will I defend my family? Absolutely. Will I defend myself? Yeah, of course. I believe in the Second Amendment. I don't think Christians should be weak. But we also can't go go into that muck and mire with them and start getting down dirty with them and going, you know, we got to be above that. We got to be above the line. We got to be operating in the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And in order for us to do that, that's how we win. Look at Martin Luther King Jr. That's how he was able to win the civil rights movement. You know, these are the types of things that we learn from in history and say we have to understand that is the winning strategy. Although there is a time to fight because if they're coming to your house, then you got to defend yourself. And that's understandable. You know, if you got to go to war against a, a very bitter and, and you know, a, a destructive enemy that's trying to destroy you, then you have to do that. But what I'm saying is. When, when when somebody is at your dinner table on Thanksgiving and they're trying to attack you, don't don't get caught up in that because that's a that's an ensnarement. That's a trap. That's a trap of the enemy. He wants to trap you and then they can point at you. See, it doesn't matter what they say because it doesn't, you know, they're not in Christ. So they're gonna say whatever. Sometimes it's just a demon. It's literally a demon attacking you. So this demon's attacking you, and then you respond. But the minute you say something and you go low, then ha ha, gotcha, Christian. Oh, you're supposed to be a Christian? Look what you just did. Look what you just said. And then that's it. So we can't allow that. We've got to, we've got to walk in an upright manner. It's very, very difficult, but we can learn to be strong like that. And that way we're beyond reproaching and people aren't going to be able to point the finger at you because you're walking in a righteous manner no matter what arrows they're slinging at you because we know that nothing, no weapon formed against you will prosper, that the gates of hell will not prevail. And you're probably stirring up their demons. So if you're going to be dealing with that this Thanksgiving or any, you know, over the Christmas season or whatnot, just make sure you understand you continue to represent Jesus and God will fight your battle. God will fight your battle. James 1.17, James 1.17, I'm almost done here, says this, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the father of heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. He's the same. He's got good gifts. We're able to literally pull from those gifts right now. You know, people, a lot of times they'll say, well, I got to go to this uh, retreat or I got to go to the mountain or I got to go here. And I get the concept because, you know, you can get alone or, you know, it's just something about our human nature where we think like, oh, if we go there, something's going to happen. But the truth of the matter is we can literally plug in right now. We can literally plug in right now where we are and get the anointing. There can be a healing right now. There can be a breakthrough. There can be deliverance right now. That's the whole thing about the anointing. Now, it's preaching the other day, and like literally, I started seeing the spirit move. Now, I wasn't ready for the spirit to move. I'm just going to be honest. I was preaching. I had a bunch of sermon left. And so it's like in my flesh, I wanted to continue that sermon and not just end it there, but I saw the spirit start to move. So I had to be, I didn't want to quench the spirit. I said, the spirit's moving, and I, I see the spirit on certain people, and all of a sudden, God started to move. And so I had to flow in that and be instant in season. And so sometimes God is going to move, and sometimes we think we're not ready, but God is. So then we have to just show up and say, send me, I'll go. That's me. I'm here. I'm willing. You see what I'm saying? And so there's good and perfect gifts coming from above right now. They're coming right now for you. We have to tap in, tap in, plug in, tap in, whatever the case may be. You know, think about like a, a, a you know, wall socket, you know, wall socket. And it's like, you know, it's just there, right? Like you see it, you're looking at the wall socket. Oh yeah, it's there, you know? And then what happens? You plug something and you plug the vacuum in and all of a sudden the vacuum is empowered. 
if you don't plug the vacuum in, it just sits there, right? But you plug it in and all of a sudden your vacuum is, you know, you're taking all the, you know, all the stuff off the floor and it's cleaning and it's doing its job. But it had to be plugged in. And that's the thing. It's like that plug is just sitting there. It'll sit there for days. Like I'll come back. It'll still be there. You know, I could go on a big trip and then come back and that plug is still there. And, you know, for the most part, unless there's a power outage or something, you know, anytime I plug in that vacuum, all of a sudden, you know, it's going to work. Why? Because the, it's available. It's available, but you have to plug it in physically. And that's what the Lord's saying is, is that we have to plug into the spirit of God. We have to plug into the anointing of the Holy Ghost. We have to plug in and say, yes, I'm, a, you know, I'm here, but I need to plug into God because I can't do this on my own. But once I plug into him, I have the authority and the power and, and everything that I need to do that because every good and perfect gift is coming from above. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I got to read one more scripture here. Hebrews 12, 28. I wasn't going to read this, but I think I should. It says, therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe for our God is a consuming fire. Hello, hello, hello. He's a consuming fire. His love endures forever. He's enough. He's everything. He's all that we need. It doesn't matter what's going on in the world. It doesn't matter what's going on in the news. It doesn't matter what's going in Washington. The anointing is available like that socket on the wall. Plug in, move, operate. Stay above the line. Stay in the spirit of God. God wants to move today. He wants to deliver. He wants to heal. He wants to empower. He wants to break through. He wants to give you joy and peace healing in your situation. It's not about what you did when you were a child. It's not about something that happened to you because God's saying, I'm going to put that in the sea of forgetfulness. I'm going to redeem that for your, you know, for the glory of the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Somebody out there today needed to hear some of these things because it's the truth of the matter is it's not about what the relative said or what they said about you, or what they're doing or, you know, all the different grievances that we have. It's about being content, thankful, at peace, knowing that what God has promised he's also able to do. Oftentimes he'll give the vision before he gives the provision, but you walk into it knowing that he goes before you and he's going to make a way where it seems like there's no way. You show up and you say, send me, I'll go. You represent the kingdom of God and the Lord anoints you, takes you to places where you never imagined. He does things that you never could have ever imagined because he's so good. He gives exceedingly and abundantly. And this Thanksgiving, we have a lot to be thankful for. We have a lot to give glory for. Even though there's so many trials and so many tests and so many things that are happening in our world, we still are really representing the King of Kings who's outside of time and already knows how this thing's going to end. And, and we're winners. We're winners. We've already won. So I want to pray with you today, and I just thank you so much for tuning in. And I just I, I want to pray with that if you're somebody that feels like um, you know, you, you've had a bad deal where God has forgotten about you or that your situation is too difficult for God. I just want you to know it's not. He hasn't forgotten about you. He sees your situation. He hears your prayers. And I believe he's about to move on your behalf. I want to pray with you. But before I do that, I, I just want to ask if there's anybody on here that has never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and your personal Savior. You say, Todd, I just want to make sure. I want to make sure today is the day. Today is the day. If that's you, I just want to make sure that, uh, that, that you get everything that you need today. If you have any questions, you can go ahead and text me 
I'll send you a Bible. I'll pray with you. Uh, but we want to just make sure that you uh, have everything that you need if today's the day that you're stepping out of darkness and you're stepping into light and life with Jesus Christ. And I just want to pray. So, Lord, in Jesus' name, I just thank you for each and every person listening. And if this is somebody's day that they're saying, today I want to say yes to you, Lord. I want to accept you as my Lord and Savior. I want to accept you into my life. If that's if that's person, you know, that's you out there, and, and you're saying that right now, just repeat after me. Say, Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, I give you my heart. I give you my life. Today is the first day of the rest of my life. Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and be my Savior. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you just received the Lord for the first time again, please text me, text me, 818-470-7963, and we'll make sure to pray with you and get you a Bible and answer any questions that you have. Also, I want to pray with anybody else that's listening and, and, and the message today resonated in your heart and you've been struggling. You're like, I got to go around these people. I got to do these things for Thanksgiving. I just want to pray for you. So Lord, thank you for this remnant army and this remnant church and those people that are listening today. And I just pray you'd empower them. You'd strengthen them in their faith as they go out there and they spend time with some of the loved ones and people that may not know you, but that they would be a representative of you and that we would remember that you said every good and perfect gift is from above, that we're, we're to rejoice, always pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is your will, Lord God, for us who are in Jesus Christ and we receive the blessing and we thank you for who you are and we give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, guys, it's been a great time today, and I'm so thankful that we still got to meet, even though it's a little bit different. Uh, But I look forward to next week. There's going to be some awesome things coming down the pike here. We're getting ready to have our Zoom call on Tuesday, and I hope you can join. Uh, We're going to do a National Day of Repentance and praying for the situation of Roe v. Wade and the overturning of this horrible abortion law that's been just a plague and a thorn in the side of this nation for so many years and we're praying that praying that the lord does something powerful and uh, there's just many many things that are about to happen we're on the cusp of something big going into 2022 i believe we're going into the promised land we don't want to be like the 10 that said oh the ites are too big we want to be like the two that say you know what god promised it i receive it we're walking into the promised land we're going to see the greatest harvest in the history of the world what an exciting time to be alive Hallelujah. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in and we'll talk to you soon.